Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, the Renault Dealer of the Year and most Google-reviewed dealership in Ireland. For award-winning customer service you can trust, visit us today. Blackstone Motors, drive with peace of mind. 041-983-1100. You're very welcome to Wednesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Coming up on the show today, Paul Brady. I'm uh, catching up with Paul. He's coming to the Northeast to perform at the weekend. Really excited about that. Judith Caffrey's here, the CAO Applications open early next week and the A to Z of being Irish it's so funny I promise you Kunak McGann and Sarah Cassidy have produced a wee gem and they're with us on the show today if you want to comment 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text or the usual call in number 1850-715-958 so why did I start a podcast is the question on this tweet I was diagnosed with MS in 2017 and it gave me the kick I needed to finally create something that could not only help me but other 30-something-year-olds in Ireland by focusing on the issues that are really affecting people today. Those are the words of J-Ann Walsh, better known to you in LMFM land as J-Ann Ma, once part of the team here for a number of years and she's back with me today. J-Ann, you're very welcome back. Oh, thanks so much. Honestly, it's such an honour to be here today. I'm so thrilled just to be back and sitting across me. It's lovely, so thank you. Well, you know what? We're eagle-eyed dicks because uh, <laughs> you just posted this last evening coming up to 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Eamon spotted it, I spotted it and a number of others as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to say, we've known that you've had that diagnosis but it's really the first time you've gone completely public with this. Why? Oh God, I don't know. And it was so funny when I was sitting there last night, himself was watching Man United and Juventus and I was like, well, look, it, I'm not going to w- watching that. So I was on the computer and obviously it started the podcast a little while ago. And But I'd never, as you said, been that kind of public about it. And I composed the tweet, sent it out and two seconds later I said, oh my God, what have I done? It's out there. Oh my goodness. And then I thought, you know what? No one's going to see it. Twitter is so fast. The world of Twitter, it'll be gone in three seconds. And the shock that people had seen it, you know, and that I'm sitting here today now talking about it. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, for me, you do worry about that kind of discrimination, you know, when you talk about a long-term illness. Um that was the big worry for me. I had kind of talked to, to, you know, close friends and family knew about it. You know, certain employers knew about it. But putting it out there on a platform is a huge step. But I hope I don't live to regret it. But I, I don't think so. I think for me, it's it's very important to be authentic. Mm. And, um, you know, there's so many people out there at the moment who maybe have disabilities or have illnesses like 
two that spring to mind, Joanna Reardon um, and, and, and Izzy Wheels, the two sisters, Alva and Izzy, who are just incredible. And there, um, Izzy is in a wheelchair and their tagline is, if you can't stand up, stand out. And that for me, you know, there's this huge positive movement about about people who, you know, maybe have disabilities or are dealing with it. And it's kind of like, is it a bit of a superpower? I don't know. Does it give you the edge? I don't know. To, to go on and, 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 and achieve goals? I don't know. But as I said, it, it kind of lit that fire mm. within me. It has with them that you mentioned there for sure. And we're talking about, of course, your excellent podcast called Mastering Your Wellness, which you've started a while ago. But let's come back to you for a moment. Tell us about this MS. How did it start to materialise first and when? What did you notice? Well, I remember being in here years ago. I was working on the Michael Reed show, um, worked here for four and a half years. It was super. And, you know, we'd really early starts. We were in at 7am, you're up at half, five, six. And, you know, you'd be in the office and on the computer really early. And, and I kind of noticed a bit of, you know possibly blurry vision or double vision you know and I'd say to Maggie God that's at me again you know and could barely see the screen but I put it down to being tired but you know heavy lights in the office that kind of thing you know so but it happened on and off over the years but then um, about five years ago um, I was living in Maynooth at the time and um, like I wear contacts I wear glasses and one day my eyes started to kind of go blind and it was my left eye and it was kind of like from the inside of your eye going out, if you know what I mean. And uh, I thought initially, I said, oh God, it must be an eye infection. You know, went something you'd never think anything like that. Had never heard of the illness before. Went down to the optician and uh, I could. she was kind of pulling up different things and showing me different colours. And she said, look, go straight away to um, to the eye and ear. And, you know, for you, Jerry, that knows me, you know, I, I would be on the slightly dramatic side. So when anyone says you're going hospital needles, the whole lot, you know, the panic set in, you know. Um, but, you know, got to the hospital and still kind of didn't know what was going on. And they said it was optic neuritis, which is basically when your nerve kind of um, inflames. And, you know, my eye was getting worse and worse. And to look at me, I looked exactly like I look now. But to me, it felt like my eye was like bulging out of my head. It looked really obvious, you know, and that's I suppose they do call MS, I suppose, the silent kind of illness as you can't see it. Um, but I was taken into hospital a few days later. And when I, my left eye was completely blind, like could not see at all. And, you know, MRI confirmed there was lesions on the brain and I remember sitting with the with the neurologist and she said well the good news is it's not a tumour and I remember sitting there going well you're looking for tumours what you know it was such a shock um, and that was when they first floated the idea of MS but as people who have it know it's, it's a bit of a tricky one to, to diagnose so for about four and a half years I was having you know regular MRIs and I had lumbar puncture but got through it um, and it was called at the time clinically isolated syndrome they don't give you a say a diagnosis of MS something else has to happen another relapse which is what they they call it and um, lo and behold I was in a new job three months in the door and one day same kind of kind of symptoms the 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 blurry vision and I knew you know and I tried not to panic because you know um and went and they confirmed it and uh, that was it then I was diagnosed and you say they confirmed it are you ever prepared you had your suspicions there mm. did you did you know deep down did you expect this day was coming when you would be told you actually have MS. Yeah, like I remember like MS nurses over the years when I would be in Vincent's hospital, they would say, you know, there's a, I'd say, give me stats. What are the stats? What are the, you know, I wanted to know because when you're in this limbo land, you're kind of, you just, you know, you're not really too sure. But they were like, look, there's an 80% chance you're going to get it. 
So I, I, that kind of stuck with me. But I was so lucky. I mean, I got five years nearly without a relapse. Do you know what I mean? And there's people that I've met since in the hospital who maybe every three, four months they have a relapse, you know. And and there's so many different kind of symptoms with it. Like there's such a long list of it, you know. And I think if you, I mean, I remember when, when I got the optic neuritis for the second time, I sat down one evening and I, and I, I went through um, all, of the, all of the things that can happen to you. And I remember getting really emotional. And I said, I, I closed it over because obviously they don't Google it. But this was like a, a proper, the, the MS Ireland source, you know, but there is, it's so complicated. Um, but I remember going, you know what, I'm just going to deal with what's affecting me and not worry. I mean, my, either one of us could go and get hit by a bus tomorrow, you know, so why worry? But, but it does. It, sometimes it's there at the back of your mind. Some days, Jerry, I don't think about it, mm. you know, um, but sometimes I feel like that you're like, maybe I have to think about it if you, if you feel your body a mm. little bit kind of tired but of you know to meet you look at you today I've met you out there haven't seen you for a wee while you are the same Jayanne you know <laughs> yeah. when, when you look at you look at you but when you got the, the formal diagnosis mm-hmm. are, are you on medication now do you have yes. to take drugs each yes. day yes every day um, it, it's a new drug called Tecfidera now, and one thing you know I, I was lucky again that when I started the, the, the drugs there was, was all injections at the time and I remember my neurologist going not sure you're going to be the right candidate to give yourself injections and I was saying I don't think so either um, but yeah I take Tecfidera tablets twice a day and you know th- they're working good for me the side effects at the start were were, were quite bad I mean uh, hot flushes were <laughs> you know I sympathise with with menopausal women <laughs> with the hot flushes you would get I can sympathise with you Sinead will tell you I get them every day because I take it's only an aside I take Lipitor and it actually is a side effect yeah. that you feel this warmness yeah you know? from within you you know and yeah. it can maybe last for an hour mm. and then it goes away but but look if that's the side effect that's the side yes. effect but you know I'm so grateful that there is medication out there that can you know slow it down and that kind of thing mm. you know so Did it change your life in a way like uh, you know did you have to step back did you look at things differently Um it gave me a drive you know because there were so many things that I was reading about that maybe you can't do and I was like no I, I really want to do that you know I don't want you don't want your life to kind of pass you by and maybe it gave me a little bit of a sense of, of fearlessness because I said you know what who who cares you know I'm just going to go for it and, and, and do it so and it definitely made me look at the whole area of wellness you know and for myself I, I kind of made a decision I was like look I can't control um, when I'm going to get a next relapse but I can be damn sure that I am going to be in the best health possible you know so focused on my weight, started yoga, doing meditating, walking, you know, and kind of just going on a bit of a personal development journey, you know, and just trying to be the best person I I, I could be. And do you way. feel better for doing all that? I do, absolutely. Now, during the summer, I think I had a bit of a wobble, you know, and not that it was a relapse, but just, I think, tiredness, probably the excitement of the wedding and all that lovely stuff. Yes, of course. Um, so it took me a little while to, to kind of get back into it, but but definitely I think you know having that good grounding you know good sleep and like because I know if I if I don't get enough sleep like the next day is a little bit dodged you know what I mean I'm you're a little bit foggy in in you know in your brain and that kind of thing so it's all about kind of looking after yourself and just being the kind of the, mm. the best version of yourself so no stopping yeah do what you want to do no curtailment at all no no not really no like I mean I did uh, a couple of years ago I was really into kind of the weightlifting and one of our colleagues Alicia is super in it and she's incredible at it and I did that for a while um, and I really enjoyed it um, but I just knew it just wasn't suiting my body 
which is why I switched to the yoga. So I missed that exercise, but I knew lifting weights and doing, you know, circuit training and running around crazy wasn't, it didn't make my body feel good, you know, mm. whereas say yoga, and people think yoga is just, you're just lying down, chilling out, saying um the whole time. Let me tell you, it is a workout, but it's a different kind of workout. So in terms of that, I just kind of switched a little bit of gears in in, in that way, you know, and, and, you know, trying to put the phone away at night and, and getting a good sleep and that kind of thing. So those little bits, yeah. But in terms of getting this news, mm-hmm. what age were you again? 30? Uh, 31. I was 30. Yeah, so... You are so young, you know what I mean, to get this. Yeah. And, and do you not feel, why me? Why the hell has this darkened my door? I'm a young woman with everything to do and yet I'm told... Mm. You have this. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know, Jerry. sometimes do I put it in a little box and kind of lock mm. it up and kind of go, right, I'll revisit that, you know. Um, but then I look at other things and I hear other stories and I hear about people being diagnosed with cancer and I hear this, that and the other and horrible things that happen. And sometimes then I think, well, you know what, I can manage this, you know, and if I have to have a nap during the day and then, you know, I get up and I'm, I'm, I, I can do whatever I need to do, perfect. So, you know, I, I do feel like everyone in this life has a cross to bear you know that might sound really dramatic but you know there's a lot of bad things that can happen to people and you just kind of have to put it I suppose in perspective now you're getting me on a good day in six months time you could talk to me I could be in the middle of a relapse who know, Who knows and I could be feeling a bit down but you know for right now you just think it's manageable there's medication out there if this was maybe 20-30 years ago it would be a completely different situation when I go up to, to Vincent's hospital and I see husbands and wives in wheelchairs and with walking sticks you know in their 40s, 50s, 60s they they didn't have the advances in technologies that we have now, you know, and in medicine. So um, I try not to kind of dwell on it like that day. Sometimes it gets frustrated. Yesterday I had pains in my legs and I was saying to the girls in the office, oh God, you know, but you just kind of try and go, well, what can I do to make myself feel a bit better? And, you know, carry on with it. I know your disposition. I know it well. She said you were four and a half years with us here. My girl Friday on late lunch with the soaps. I still miss her. I miss her big time. But you know what? I have her with me for another while today. Stay with us on late lunch. Hasn't she a great attitude? Jayanne Walsh. Jayanne Marr in radio terms is my guest this afternoon. Stay with us. Jayanne Marr returns to late lunch this afternoon. She's with us in studio and I want to talk to you now about your uh, Mastering Your Wellness podcast. You've had some cracking guests there. Mm. And this part of what you wanted to do following on from your diagnosis, yes? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I really believe in the power of radio and interviews and voice, you know, and I'm a lover of learning, you know. I was always the kid in school to put the hand up, you know, for questions or in any conferences I go to, I'm always like, hand up, want to learn more. And when I was kind of talking all about the personal development and that I was learning all these really cool coping mechanisms and and just way to achieve goals and motivation. I said, you know, it wouldn't be brilliant to combine all this together. And, you know, nowadays I do think like life, life is tough, you know, and, and you know, people are, are, you're trying to be the perfect everything, you know, and, and, and I mean, MS, I suppose, is, is my thing, but there's a lot of people out there dealing with stress, with anxiety, with feeling overwhelmed, with trying to be the perfect wife, daughter, employee, you know, people are juggling a lot of balls in the air and are feeling kind of very frazzled, I think, at the end of the day, you know, or not really getting to where they want to be. And there's a lot of pressure on people. So 
for me, it was kind of trying to um, have this outlet that would not only I would learn from, but that other people would learn from and, and, and talk to guests who had inspiring stories or had, you know, interesting things to talk about or interesting little nuggets, like golden nuggets of information. And I don't know about you, but I love when I, when I go to something or I go to a conference and, you know, if I can take away two or three bits of info, I'm happy. I'm like, oh God, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, pop that into my, into my daily life or, you know what I mean? So that's that's kind of where it all came from. And I said, look, will I do a blog? And then I said, no, I'm going to go back to the radio roots. I love it. I love interviewing people. I love talking to people. So it just made sense, you know. <laughs> of the ones you've done so far, and this is evolving for you, who's your most memorable that you've spoken to? Oh, gosh. Jeez, uh, like, the, the, I interviewed Alison Canavan way back in January. So I started it way back in January and then I had a confidence wobble. So I did it. And it was about a four to five minute interview. Absolutely loved it. Alison Canavan is, is super. She's super wellness guru. She's an amazing person. Has overcome loads of things in her life. And I did it and I was really proud of it. And then I had a wobble going, what am I doing? People are going to think you're mad. People didn't get it. They were like, you're doing a podcast. You know, you'd be kind of, you let those voices in your head kind of go and who does she think she is doing that you know and then I suppose after the summer and everything I said you know what it's something I really really want to do so I'm going to do it and I don't care what if the naysayers if, 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 if they you know don't like it it's and since I've started doing it like the messages of, of, of positivity that come my way like it's it's super people going gosh like relaying some of the conversations I've had and that for me is I suppose what it's all about like I've spoken to Pat Dively he was incredible I've spoken to Paul McNeve, who you had on the show. Incredible story, you know. This guy lost both of his legs in a fire, went on to, to you know, have huge success, be an author, you know, incredible. I spoke to Joanne Sweeney-Burke the other day, who is an incredible social media guru, I would call her. Um, she's so great at kind of, you know, planning her life and really going after what she wants to do. And one thing she said to me, which really stuck out for me, um, I, I kind of would always like a plan. And you know, you kind of, you have these big goals and you want to get to there. But for me, I'd be like, right, well, where's the X, Y, Z? I'm that kind of person. You know the way there's dreamer people that go A to Z? Well, I'm the, what's the A, B, C, D, E, F, G steps? And if, if there's any bumps in the road, ah, oh, well, I won't do it. But she said to me, she had her first daughter when she was 16. And her daughter's father actually died when she was only 17 in a car accident. And she said to me in the podcast the other day, she said, you know, Jayanne, if I had, if I were to know or had to have guessed or had to have a plan when I was 16 years of age, when I was a pregnant 16 year old teenager, if I knew that I was going to be an entrepreneur, a businesswoman, a speaker all over the world, if I had to know all those little steps, I never would have got it. But I literally put one step in front of the other and here I am. And it was just such a key moment for me. Do you know what I mean? So you might, you might not you know have all the answers but if you have that main goal and just keep going one step one step each day you'll get there you know so it's uh, I I know what you're talking about because it happens here every day for two hours you take so (laughs) much from people you interview and different aspects of their lives Mm. as well and I can see how it can inspire you and and, you know in in your situation as well especially can I bring you back to your days here for a moment because the time's going to beat us like a shot here (laughs) do you remember the little red micra yeah, I just thought about that when I pulled in. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, my little micro used to sit there right in the front. Yeah. And Eamon used to move it once every six months when yes. the weeds grew up when through the, the, the tyres, you know, for security. Do you remember yes, that as that well? That was the little protector, yes. The protector of LMFM for a few years. And you, did you learn to drive with Michael on the show? I you did. did with Tony Toner, was oh it? Oh my God, yes, I did. Because, yeah, I, I yeah, I, well, I say my confession, gosh, yeah, I didn't actually know how to drive before I started LMFM. But oh, 
And uh, we did a learning to drive series with Tony Toner and he was super. And we did this. Michael had this great idea to record uh, the different. We would put the recorder on the dashboard and I would be sweating in the car and Tony would be like, come on now, Blondie, put it in the. And he'd be the first couple of episodes. He had me like going reversing through cones and everything like it was. Um, I remember people would text in and go, I hope I never meet that girl on the road. Like <laughs> I actually remember that as well. I was sitting in for Michael once and I remember they were coming in saying yeah. they were cruel. Like They were, they were cruel. cruel. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah. Am I, you were in the European Parliament, weren't you? You paid a visit over there. Yes, twice. Mm. We went to, I went to Brussels, yeah, twice. That was super. So we went over with Fina Gale and Mairead McGuinness and it was a brilliant opportunity to actually uh, do the pro- broadcast the programme live. You know, that was an incredible um, experience. Myself and Michael went over and to have the debates there, it was something super cool. I loved it. And Soapbox, late oh, lunch. Soapbox. Oh, How could we ever forget that? Every Friday, we finished off the week, every Friday on late lunch with Jay Ann and our Soapbox. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I said to you, I still remember it fondly. And you were really into them, weren't you? you yes. The stories. And we used to get clips, didn't we, from the we UK did. to tease the next week as well? We did. And the girls in the office and myself, Sinead, who is your producer, and Maggie from Michael Reacher, we all shared an office. And the girls on Friday would have Hyper Friday. And I would give out to them so much going girls I have to go in the air now I need to concentrate and they would be giddy and hyper as anthem so they always they still rib me about being an absolute weed on a Friday <laughs> while I was trying to get my professional hat on before I came down to you so, Is yeah. it fair to say you didn't though like Fair City? I hated it and I used and used to say to me every week Jayanne we need a bit of Fair City next week we need the Irish and I'm going oh Jerry do I have to watch it <laughs> do you still watch them I watch some of them but I live them vicariously through my mother who still oh, she's a Lorraine good is soap addicted, advocate is oh she does she loves the soaps from from half six with the Holly Oaks and it's it's then the Emmerdale and the Corrie and the whole shebang so Lorraine yeah, I, I need another soapbox woman on late lunch <laughs> Lorraine are you listening she Lorraine, is listening she'd be thrilled how about it baby think about it Think about it. Oh, it's your Gail. I've, I've fallen out of contact with I Gail. Oh, it's shocking. Because you were such a big fan as well oh. of them. You knew. <laughs> well, you knew as much as I no, did. No, no, you educated me. You see, it was you. It was you. It was you all the time. Not me at all. Anyway, look, you went to the Hope Foundation. You worked with Gavin and Orla as well. And you're ploughing your own furrow now. You've had a lot of experience since you left here, haven't you? Yeah, like, but it's always kind of stayed on the one kind of communication thread. Mm. You know, like with, with the Hope Foundation, which is a fantastic charity. You know, I was doing fundraising, marketing and events and then, you know, working with Gavin and Orla in, you know, the marketing and the learning and development side of things, you know. And, and one thing that, you know, for me and going back to the start of it about, you know, putting that tweet out there and actually telling people you have this condition. You know, there is that worry, you know, as I was saying about that discrimination, you know, um, and I was so lucky that on my last employment with Gavin and all they were so supportive. As I said, I was three months in the door, you know, and um, you do think, oh, gosh, do they, do they think I've hired a dud here? You know what I mean? And and when I and I hid it for a little while, but when I told them they were just they were so lovely about it and so supportive and said, we wouldn't dream of having anyone else here. You know what I mean? So, so that is nice. And you would hope that everyone would, 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 would think in that same way and not pigeonhole you because of maybe an illness. Because, Jerry, I'm very driven in my career. You know, my career means a lot to me, you know, and uh, I wouldn't want anyone to kind of think anything else of me. You know what? You know this. You see a one in behind you there going mad saying, oh, look waving. at the time, look cut, at the time. <laughs> but you see, Sinead didn't buy you a little bit of slack. Uh, I know that. That's why I wasn't Sinead's so, so panicky about 
about it. Yes, I know news is coming up at two o'clock. Anyway, thank you uh, thank for you. coming in at such short notice yeah. after that tweet. We decided to hit while the iron's hot. Yes. You're marvellous. You're fantastic. Aww, I can't you. just uh, continue with the amount of praise I'd like to give Aww. you. It's loads. But for the moment, good luck and thank you for joining us again. Jay Ann Walsh. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. You do know on Late Lunch by this stage that we love our books, we love authors, we have our book club with Margaret Madden and, you know, at this time of the year, it's really ramping up for the Christmas market. Well, I can tell you this, I have a lovely wee book on the desk here. It's called The A to Z of Being Irish, From the Angelus to Zig and Zag, it says on the cover. It's by Kunak McGann and Sarah Casty and the girls are with me in studio. You are both so welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thanks Thanks very much, do you see the smile on this presenter's face? Can you see this? Are you ever not smiling, Jerry? Well, uh, I suppose that's the thing as well. People get bored with that. But look, at the I have to say, it's extra wide, let me say today. I absolutely love this. And you know, we were talking there just before we went on, Kunak. Y- you've done it. You've tugged at the heartstrings, the, the fondness for looking that's back. That's exactly what we wanted to do with the book. We wanted to take sort of the essentials, the quintessential Irishness, but take a real fond look at it. So it's kind of a little bit cheeky, but very much, very much rose tinted glasses on an Irish, Irish life and Irish childhood and what makes us unique as Irish. So you better tell us, Sarah, how do you two come to liaise for this brilliant book? Well, Kunik and I actually worked together. So when we were talking about what we wanted to do, just take a look at Ireland in the past and even bring it up to the present now, we're more modern stuff. We just decided to, how would we present it? So we decided to go with an A to Z. So we kind of took half the alphabet each. And then... <laughs> then, <laughs> then so who we, did pulled straws, we pulled straws. We pulled straws for that. Because the, oh, the M to Z, the M to Z was harder. <laughs> I, I maintain. So is that what you got? I got M to Z. I got All A right. to L. But then but we then, switched yeah, around. We switched we around. Mixed it up. Because some of them, you'd start and you just couldn't make a funny <laughs> That's or, it. So we'd say, can you help me with this? You play tag team. Yeah. You know what? They're like two little girls here that paired them. And I could just see them drawing the straws. And then there was a bit of a falling oh, out. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but some of them would just be like, I can't do this anymore. It's killing me. Can you take it? And yeah. funny it up or whatever. So look, so. we're going to get into this in a moment. You know, for example, things that you mention in the book, and I want to come back to them, but just tell listeners, Marietta Biscuits, you know, Wanderley Wagon, Glen Road, The Child of Park, Banshees. You know, folks, you get the feel for this. How did you decide what's in and what's out? And had you a plethora of stuff that you had to leave out? We, do you know, we didn't leave out an awful lot. I suppose because the two of us, we could bounce things off each other and we have a similar sense of humour and we knew what we could make work in the book and what we couldn't. I suppose we stayed away from from the more serious side of, of politics and finance and things like that. It's not our cup of tea. So um, I suppose we found things that we had in common that we both found uh, that we had a fondness for or that we could, you know, laugh about or we could rem- reminisce about. Yeah, and you're young women. You obviously go back farther with these. So a lot of these things would come from uh, family and relations and ha- that have been true. handed down yes yeah of course like your 
even stuff from the home, like visitors coming. That's not a thing anymore. Like if somebody knocks at the or door, the you're room. like, the good room, that's right. Who's at the door? Whereas when we were younger, if somebody was calling over, the good room was tidied up. That's the right. Doilies Jesus, I'm, 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 just, I'm just thinking about that. I was co- How many times have we been cooking dinner recently and the doorbell rings? Electricity, <laughs> board, gosh, will you all clear off? I'm cooking yeah. me dinner, but I know what you're saying. I yeah. do know what you're saying. Whereas <laughs> years ago, it could be just your auntie popping yeah, in. Yeah, the parish come popping over. That's it. Oh, as I remember my mum's, the key was never out of the door. That's, that's true. Anyone could that's turn true. it and come in. Yeah. No. Different yeah. times, isn't it, yeah. to today? Well, do you know, we still leave the key in our door. Do you know, do we're, you? Still, we're still hopeful, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> and her address is... <laughs> I hope there's not much worth stealing in fairness Jerry but still I hope there's never a break in because the, the guardian will be saying you what and the insurance company will be going you did what <laughs> you see can you get the drift folks from these two ones uh, why this book is absolutely brilliant let me pick out a couple that that, that really tickled my fancy red lemonade oh I know I know do you know when we were growing up we and we had this there was a rumour that went around there was there was two rumours about red lemonade there was one that there was a, a colouring in it that would kill you I don't know and the other one was that you couldn't get it anywhere, anywhere else, else but yeah. Ireland it was just unique to Ireland so we felt it was our drink red lemonade let me read the little caption you have on Red Lemonade from the book. Back when fizzy drinks were still called minerals, Sunday afternoon often saw kids sent off to their own little table in the pub with a bag of crisps and red lemonade. You bet, baby. This delicious drink was so difficult to find outside Ireland that the rumour spread, as you were saying, that it was banned everywhere else. Made you feel dangerous and daring. <laughs> Sipping your TK. Full of E numbers, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you sum it up brilliantly. That mm. that was it. Red lemonade. It was. It yeah, really yeah. was. What about the child of Prague? Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm going to like, <laughs> let Sarah take that one. Come on, Sarah. The child of Prague. <laughs> well, rumour is if you're getting married and you want a nice day, you uh, get a child of Prague from an aunt or nanny or granny. Yes. Seems to have one tucked away in a press somewhere, and you put it out, and the sun will shine on and your And you know day. what, Jerry? I heard because I've heard. You know, it was always before a wedding, and I've heard um, it was an. I can't remember. It was an aunt of my husband's, I think, and they were all staying in the hotel the night before, so they couldn't put the child of Prague out in the garden. So she put it into a pair of tights and hung it out the window. <laughs> Has the same effect, apparently. Did it stay dry? The sun came out. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, let me tell you, my son got married in August. We put out. I don't know how many of them. You must have it left for the whole summer. It was the it, best summer ever. Well, let me tell you, on the 19th of August, it rained from 12 midnight till 12 midnight the following night. Oh, my God. That child of Prague thing is finished. We're, we're finished with it. It's all over. <laughs> what about this? Because the clock is changing this coming weekend and we're talking about the opposite of when it changes back again. A grand stretch in the evening. There's a grand stretch in the evening. I always love the grand stretch. And you know what's great is it takes us by surprise every time it happens. Every time it goes, and you're like, gee, it's a grand stretch in the evening. As if it doesn't happen every single year without fail. You know, I'm laughing so much because I'm, I'm a nerd for this. Because when you get the shortest day on the 21st of December, gradually, you know, it ticks over. Yes, and by uh, the time even, I, I'm, I'm sad here, Kunak. I'm really sad. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this. Second week of January. I'm actually saying that. <laughs> oh no, sorry. Do you know? I think it's indicative of an optimistic outlook on yeah. life. It's a grand stretch of the evening. I do. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. that. I'm glad <laughs> you said that. Some people would think I'm mad. Anyway, 
hang sandwich. Who did the hang sandwich? <laughs> come on. It was you, it was you. <laughs> Sarah, come on, come on, come on. Don't be... Oh, just, don't, don't. oh cause I... Yeah, yeah take the best you? of the boot. No, yeah. it was you. I did eight of them. I think you did that one. I, well, we all know what a hang sandwich is. Ah, the, classic, <laughs> the classic accompaniment. How did you just ever get this boot done? <laughs> we worked separately for a lot of it, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> come on, the hang sandwich. So it's what every GAA fan brings to a match, yes. isn't that right? The hang yeah. sandwich. Yeah, and that's what you say there. Mm. Best accompanied by a flask of, of, of steaming uh, hot scald tea. Absolutely. Yes, the humble hang sandwich has provided sustenance to GAA supporters up and down the country for years. Keep it in tin foil. Wrap it in the wrapper of your bread oh, yeah, pan. Yeah, the bread <laughs> pan wrapper. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that was a sign that you were really poor in my day. <laughs> that was my school lunches. <laughs> <laughs> or your mom just hadn't if you to get the wrap the hang sandwich in the wrapper of the bread itself everyone went sure, they have nothing but sure, nowadays Jerry, it's just being environmentally friendly yes so, you know it's come it's come it's full circle, circle yeah. at this stage the safe cross code oh, do you know I can probably still sing that go on <laughs> go on Number one, look for a safe place. Two, Two. don't hurry, stuff and wait. Three, Three, look all around and listen before you cross cross the road. Remember, let all the traffic pass you, then walking straight across you. Six, keep walking. That's That's the safe safe cross cross code. That, that is just in everybody's <laughs> psyche. It was on so often back in the day. I doubt there's a person in Ireland who grew up at that stage that can't sing it. And, and do you know arm. who sang that song? Do you know I who performed it? No. It was Mr. Oh. Brendan Grace. Was, was it really? Yes, it oh, we was. didn't know that. We should have put that Brendan in. Grace. Yeah. Brendan Grace should have been. It's for the next end. volume. You yeah. can put actually B for Brendan yeah, Grace. Yeah, I know. That's I think, right. I think oh, actually, you're right, too. Earn a place in that. Yeah, no. Listen to this. We're not far away from it today. You, I'm sure, Kunak would have a personal interest here. Newgrange. Newgrange, absolutely. It's in there under N. Now, you gave it to ourselves, did you? Even though you should know more about it being on the doorstep. I did, Newgrange. I had to step in there, Jerry. She had no local knowledge at all. all. I do have a master's in Irish history, though, Jerry. She was. That's it. She was just going to take it too seriously. <laughs> I was just telling Sarah before we came on air that when I was younger, you used to just wander up to Newgrange and even climb on the stones and everything. So it was a totally different experience than it is now. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, uh, the interpretive centre is wonderful. We've been out a couple of times since, but back in the day, it was really free range. It was. There was a little hut. I think that, that little hut is still that's there. Right, it is. But you could go in, wander up, explore. Now you have oh. to be the president of America yeah. <laughs> or somebody like that to actually get in there. But you know the thing Kunak and you're a local like myself um, Newgrange it wasn't really you know the nearer to uh, you know the nearer the church the further from God you know that saying for yes. locals here yeah wasn't really a big deal to us, was no, it? No, I suppose when you, when you grow up near it, I suppose yeah. you're like, yeah. You, I say you, we'd no concept of people who are travelling across the world to see it. You know, no yeah, concept of yeah. it. Yeah, aren't they just a hoot? The pair of them, Sarah Cassidy and Kunak McGann. We're going to talk more about the A to Z of being Irish. Are you listening today? Is there any saying in your uh, life or family that you remember from yesteryear that can be put under a, a letter of the alphabet? Because these girls are looking for material for volume two. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little method to our madness here. <laughs> Let us know. We love to hear from you on Late Lunch. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Or if you want to call in, it's 1850-715-958. Stay with us. Oh, the giddy, they're such fun. I'd know now why they produced this brilliant book. Sarah Casty and Kunak McGann are with me on Late Lunch this afternoon. Girls, listen to this. My mum used to make ice cream drinks with the TK Red Lemonade 
and the ice cream. What a lovely combination. Do you remember? We do. That was our birthday party what? special. That was, was it? Yeah. Ice cream <laughs> Only on birthdays. Oh, was it? Yeah. We're getting lots of messages. People are just cracking up listening to you talking about this stuff. It is brilliant and it does bring, bring back great memories. Now, you have a word in here called yoke and there's no, there's no L in it. No. So what's a yoke? It's that thing, you know that. You know that yoke, Jerry. You know the, the yoke, yoke over there. The yoke. That, that yoke. Thing. That thing. Yeah. Exactly. Do you know the way it's used degra- uh, in a degradation term towards a person as well? Were you thinking about the look of that yoke over there? What does he think he is or she think? We, I'd never use it no. that way. Never, okay, 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 okay. I don't know what you're talking Sorry, about. Sorry, I beg your pardon. My definition is way off the mark. It's a yoke. It's a yoke that you fix something with. Or, do you know the yoke I want to sort that? I think far, foreigners find that one really funny. They just do don't they? understand what no. we're talking about. What is a yoke? They only think about eggs and the L, as exactly. I was saying earlier. Ah, it's a soft day. Ah, it is a soft day. It's a lovely Grand one, isn't it? Grand soft day, it's yeah. Lovely. It's up there with... Grand stretch in the evening. Yes, right? and the a, weather from. It's a from. fondness. Yeah, it's a fondness <laughs> for the general weather and the climate and everything. You're soaked to the skin. Soft day, soft <laughs> day. It. Yeah, only in Ireland would you get that. But I love it as well. What about knock? Knock. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's somewhere we used to all go with our nanny, granny. Uh, my granny used to do a thing where she'd bring the eldest grandchild in the family every year so I was the last one to go before she died which is a nice memory to have so you made that local pilgrimage from the local church or community to Knox Shrine as well on a bus, I think. Yeah, coach yes. or something. And you know, Four hours. we hadn't a motorway to go. <laughs> no. We were like, stop. They, so, Jesus, yeah. you used to kill them. They'd stop and rock. Oh, we're in Longford, my God. We're on the other side of the world. Do you know when people travel now, was... Now they have an air force. <laughs> <laughs> Your granny would have loved to have jetted into knock, I'd say. I God remember was. going with the Kieran sisters from the North Road in Drogheda, where it was rare. Two elderly, <laughs> lovely ladies who ran. That was their job on the street every year to run the knock pilgrimage now they did dressmaking in that as well and they were brilliant at it but they ran it and my mother and the aunties and all the people on the street went and I remember going myself and Donald Sexton oh he's in America now years good <laughs> we were brats I won't tell you what happened on the knock <laughs> pilgrimage I just won't tell I'd say you. it was a nightmare for the mothers it was a nightmare but you know the gas thing they went to knock and they prayed and we brought the beads they bought the beads and the books and everything and on the way back they did stop again in Roscommon and Longford Went in for a few tipples, and when we got back on the bus, it was rebel songs to draw them. <laughs> and that's stopping you know, to go to the toilet. The two, the two sides of Ireland, right there in that one day: the religion, and then the you know break for the bus. out. My husband used to go as well with his nanny, and he, she was in a wheelchair, and him and his cousin Jared used to fling around the place in the wheelchair party. <laughs> No, let's get very serious here and very, very uh, uh, stoic for a moment. Did death notices? Yes. You didn't leave us out, (laughs) Kunak. You did not leave us out. The death notices are like one of the most popular items on on local Local radio. radio, It's really important for a a community to to know what's going on, I think. Absolutely. But but I I have to say now, I'm forever listening to my husband on the phone with his parents going, who, who, who died? Who? No. Watch the one from the shop. What shop? No, I don't. No, not her daughter. Her daughter. No, it goes on and on and on, and it happens regularly. But it's always it's like a what we call a particularly unfun version of guess who as you're trying to work out. And do you know something here? You grow into. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The death notices as you get older. <laughs> I'm dead serious. <laughs> Forgive me, no pun intended. You do grow into them because, you see, it's an ageing thing. Well, I suppose yeah. it's to do with who you grew up with. And I suppose when you're young, it doesn't affect you really because you don't really know anyone. Do you know, yeah. in the in the normal order of things, as people grow older, it's the older people that feature in the death notices. So yes. There's less relevance to children. But as you grow older, of course it does. Yeah. It's unmissable. I'll tell you one thing. They could, I could disappear forever. They wouldn't give a damn here, but if the dead notices were red today, <laughs> can I tell you a little story about it? I think this is true. Now, they may correct me on it, but one day on LMFM radio, there were no deaths. Oh. I'm nearly sure about this. On one day since it started here, and guess what? The switchboard lit up. <laughs> where are they? Why hasn't someone died today? That is just a fact. I loved it when we saw it in there. We just thought, oh my God, you guys have your finger on the pulse. Back to food. Back to food. Good, good. Yeah. Can you dunk them? What can you do with them? The Marietta biscuits. Oh, the Marietta biscuits. Put it's a bit butter. of butter on them. A bit of butter. <laughs> and you have to squeeze it. That's the po- That's the whole point about the Marietta biscuits is squeezing them. And so the little <laughs> tubes of butter comes out the little holes. That's what you have to I do. I think they were another sign of poverty as well. <laughs> God, not around our place they weren't. We had we had Mikado. Oh, you posh. were very well to do. Keep your Marietta. <laughs> but we did wrap our sandwiches in the bread wrapping paper. We did. So there was a bit of a contest. Yeah, that's James. how you were able to afford the Mikado. There were. There were, of course. Um, the, tro- the Troker box. Ah, oh, the Troker <laughs> box. God. It's leased by everyone you, in much, the house. As much money came out of it as went into it. Oh, no. <laughs> The day before, you had to bring it back into school. Your mum would be rooting through trying to replenish I'll, I'll check your dad's jeans. Exactly. <laughs> oh, back to the doorbell when it rings at tea time. Who are they collecting for? Troker a box. Let's have a couple of euros. Get out and give it to them, That's you know. It. But it's still, the troker box is... It's still around. And it's like what, it's, it, it's raised humongous amounts of money Massive. over the years. Yeah, it's a really... I mean, it's a wonderful campaign. It's fantastic. Now, why did you put this in? The big snow of 82. <laughs> well, now... Neither of us would be old enough to really <laughs> remember Very that, Absolutely. Yeah. They were nappies. They were nappies in 82. But I suppose we were writing this in the shadow of 2018. The yeah, snow of 2018. Snow. And we felt that was, you know... The, the original the, big snow. The catastrophe, yeah. But apparently the snow of 82, there were 
riots, milk riots and bread riots and all sorts. Oh, they had to ship in gallons of milk into this, into the capital um, to feed demand. So it was, it was I suppose... 2018. Almost as bad 2018, as yeah, 2018. 2018, we lost Wi-Fi for a while and we were all very upset. <laughs> <laughs> I remember 82 well, and I mean... Did it snow? Tully Esker Hill, which a lot of people would know, it was on the M1, you know, Drogheda, yes. Dublin, Belfast, Dundalk, you know, the main road there. It was six foot high, nearly the snow. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was that It was that deep. And I remember a fellow lost his car at Belliestown. And when it did thaw eventually, the diggers went in. Oh, no. <laughs> Guess what happened? Right into the car. It was buried that much in the snow. I didn't even know it was there. It was that high. Anyway, you include that. Brown sauce. Hate Brown it. sauce. <laughs> It's not my cup of tea. I'm a ketchup gal. I am. <laughs> I am, yeah. But it's very Irish. Oh, I my father-in-law. My father-in-law own. adores it. Stop. So is it Chef, HP, YR, Does which? anyone really know? Oh, there are connoisseurs. There's different yeah. types. Oh, See, this is it. Listen. There's different types of brown sauce. I always lump them in the same thing, but they're not the same oh, at all. Definitely not. And, you know, it depends on the cuisine. I know my son, Irish Stew, it's oh, uh, no. I think it's HP goes on the on the Irish stew and he loves that okay. Irish stew desecrated in HP sauce. <laughs> well, whatever rocks your clock. We do you know have, what I mean? Um, battle of the brands in there because Irish people do like to choose like they do. chef or Heinz. Yeah, we definitely Barry's or Lines. Little yeah. Aldi. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And in the news lately, sadly for all the wrong reasons, the Lambert. Puppet Theatre, Wonderly Wagon. I you know. have it in there. I know, isn't it terribly sad? Oh to see my it god! Yeah. And it was such a such a huge thing. And looking back on it now, like my kids laugh at it when they see it. But at the time, it was amazing to see it flying. And you know, <laughs> you know it, how did they do it? How, how, where was the technology? And you know, it was just such innocent fun. Oh, you know, it was Judge Mister Crow. Know, yeah, you know, they were all there when we yes. had, look. We were so innocent and our childhood. Do you think a lot of this? does point back to an innocence that's gone. I don't, you know, I like to be optimistic about these things. I don't think the innocence is gone. I still think we still find the joy in the simple things in life. We still do, no matter how sophisticated our lives get. Yeah, even like this, like we were talking about the snow earlier this year, like kids were back out on a tray sliding down hills, you know, they were. those things, they weren't at home. Yes. Kids, kids are still kids and so. people are still people. I think, you know, when it comes down to it, do you know we're yeah. we're we're all the same we're all at heart? I don't mean Wi-Fi. Well, I didn't say that, Jerry. Don't take away my Wi-Fi. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It, I the, do it's know the, what you the mean. quality things in life we're all looking for. In absolutely, the end. absolutely. What else? There are so many. Look, I could be on here for the day picking out and and selecting Glenrow. Oh my God! Oh. No, no, you're talking Miley and Fatalma. Oh, well, listen, <laughs> stop. That was the first well, time. Holy God, Jerry. <laughs> Miley and Fatalma. Stop. And the country nearly shut down over it. It was amazing. Remember, since independence in. Ireland, there was no such thing as <laughs> sex until Miley got into the, the hay, hay with Fidelma. The ch- there was uproar. There was, yeah. There oh really goodness. was. Yeah, yeah. When you think about it, oh my God, what were we like at all? What are you like? Do you a, that's another one for you. What are you like? You know what I mean? Oh my God almighty. Can I tell you something I just want to say before we finish? This warmed the cockles of my heart. Thank I mean you. that. Thanks, Jerry. I think it is a beautiful book. And we've only scratched on the surface today, folks. There will be another one. There has to be a oh, follow-up. There, oh, there because has I, to be, Jerry. I, 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 I have a little crow to pay. I mentioned Mr. Crow and Wanderley Wagon. Just okay. be Next time around, please, 
L M F M under L please under L and I'll tell you off Mike what L M F M stands for I couldn't today I'd be closed down and it would be me gone and the death notice is only um, Podge and Roger back you Podge know and Roger back yeah, with back Darren Gary, yeah. and Mickey D <laughs> Mickey D. You know what I'm talking about? Michael D. Michael D. Under M. Michael D. I think you might be putting him into it. We have Miggle D. Miggle Higgins. D. Higgins is in there. Yeah. Yeah. We put him under Miggle D. Higgins. Miggle D. Higgins. Well, so he, alphabetically you would have missed him, I'd say, Jerry, if you were looking for him. Perhaps after Friday, perhaps you might have to put another incarnation of yeah. him into the next Absolutely. one. Let's see what happens. And we did yeah, do we'll one of the presidents as well. So. Oh, yeah. great. Look, look, you've done brilliant. I have oh, to say you've done you. brilliant. Get this book. This would be lovely for Christmas. Just, I can imagine around Christmas time and going through this on Christmas Day and having the fun with it as well. It's called the A to Z. We call it Z in Ireland, Z in other countries, <laughs> of being Irish from the Angelus to Zigginzag by the wonderful Sarah Cassidy and Kunak McGann. You have a winner on your hands oh, here. Thank girls. you, Jerry. I'll give one to a listener. You better stay with us and I'll tell you how you can win it after the break. Thank you so much. Thank you. Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. Would you like a copy of the book, the A to Z, A to Z, of Being Irish from the Angeles to Zig and Zag by Sarah Cassian Kunak McGann. What a crack we had there with the girls. I have a copy to give away. I might even have two copies to give away. Here's the question. Complete the saying. It's one of the sayings in the book. There's a grand stretch in the... What's the last word I'm looking for? So there's a grand stretch in the... There's one more word to complete that saying. What's the word I'm looking for? Text your answer now to 086-1800-658, WhatsApp or text, and we let you know who's won before the end of the show. Ah, the clock rolls round. I can't believe I'm saying this. The CAO opens next week on the 5th of November, and there are a lot of parents and students anxious about this time. Be anxious no more, because she's going to calm the water. She's simply brilliant. Judith Caffrey, Admissions, Information and Schools Liaison Officer from Manute University, is back with us on Late Lunch. Judith, good to see you again. Hi, Jerry. Nice to see you again. Thank you very much for joining me. Okay, so the day is approaching fast. Are you a fan of getting this done, the CAO, quickly? I think it's best to to grab the nettle and and get going with it as soon as possible because there's a lot on the average applicant's plate coming forward in in the next sort of six months between if they're a Leaving Cert applicant, they've got their... um, got all kinds of mocks and oral exams and everything to prepare for. So it's a really good idea to crystallise what they would like to study and get that into their application and then just be able to put it, park it and, and move on to, you know, the matters in hand. Um, most of the applicants to the CAO are leaving cert applicants. So there are other types of applicants too, mature mm. students and so forth. But um, yeah, the majority, about 55,000 or 50 more actually this year, I think there's going to be about another 1,500 leaving cert applicants this year. So um, but yeah, but they, they have a lot to deal with and uh, definitely try and get that application as soon as get possible. Get it in ASAP. That's the first message. So here we are today and we're talking primarily about leaving search students. Have they, <laughs> this is a constant one that comes up here year after year. A lot of students are not sure, Judith, what path in life they want to follow. Is that something you need to sort out now before you start filling in this form? Well, how could the average 17, 18 year old know mm. what they want to do for the mm. rest of their lives? And 
some are blessed with that from day one they yeah. know I want to do medicine or I want to do nursing and that's great um, but I think the average person I would count myself among them certainly when I was doing my leaving cert had no idea hmm. um, and I did an arts degree which is um, a really really great idea frankly and they're available in, in pretty much all of the institutes um, Minuth included of course and it's a great idea because it's a broad degree and it's a, an opportunity to spend three or maybe four years just sort of getting more of a sense of what might be my um, vocation in life and then at that stage go into specialised postgraduate study or indeed into a graduate job but um, yeah I think it is. Uh, it's a tough. It's a tough call to be mm. able to really know mm. exactly what I want to do. For I know I've heard it said in the past. If if you have a passion in your life or something that you really love, and you don't know if you want to be a lawyer or a doctor or a, a solicitor, or whatever you want to be, you know what I mean, a nurse, you name it. That passion is often a thing to consider. Something that you love in your life. Something that you currently love and that you currently are interested in. And if that's sport or if that's mm. even you know, many students will have a, a TY or a transition year opportunity. And and they will then get an experience of maybe working in that primary school isn't so great after all, or maybe it is. And some students don't have the opportunity of, of TY. And so it's about spending a bit of time getting to know themselves. Um, but really, the, the quality of the person's degree is more often than not what will dictate what will happen after the event because it really what's in in the actual degree is not necessarily of interest to maybe an employer or even a postgraduate course it's um, how did you get on and do you have a really good grade and did you get involved in clubs and societies are you have you you know be, can you demonstrate skills in an interview yeah. uh, like being able to communicate and write and, and, and all research and all that kind of those types of skills are available in every degree an arts degree especially um, is, is a good place to find them and then at that stage they can use that qualification with a really good grade to go into further study or indeed as a Okay, sound, sound advice there. Now here's a couple of other things that cross my mind be, when you're filling in this CEO. Should you think about things like uh, if you have to go a good distance to study at third level, your accommodation or your travel to and from, if you do that as well, and the financial implications, should they be part of your thought process? Yeah, they they will be. I think most people will have to really think about um, where am I going to travel to? I mean, locally, there's obviously Dundalk Institute of Technology, which will be a, a good choice for many. Um, there's also colleges that are closer to DCU and Maynooth would have bus links directly to them. So thinking about um, the commute, which is going to be a part of the life of, of, of most students and is growing um, ever more in, in recent years, commuting will be an important factor. When are the buses and what, how much is that going to cost? And then in terms of accommodation um, in Maynooth, we, we're going to be building another thousand uh, spaces for students on the campus in the coming years. But yeah, it's limited and it's limited everywhere, especially mm. in the Dublin area. So mm. um, look at the, the, the cost of those. Go to the open days and get a tour of the accommodation. Get a... a you know, if, if I may plug the Open Day in Maynooth on the Saturday, the 24th of November, there's a free bus from the town. So students can, or potential students can jump on the bus and, you know, road test uh, that commute and see yeah. what would that be like. Um, uh, and then just those kinds of factors are really important, but also the cost of college, it's 3,000 euro each year for the degree at level, uh, you know, at that level in, in the CAO system. So um, 
consider also doing a PLC course, a post-leaving certificate course. That's level five or six. And that can be a good option for some students who maybe don't uh, know exactly what they want to do after the Leaving Cert and would like to possibly take a year out um, and go to maybe Diffie, the local yes, college. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And, and we uh, have Ophie College in Dundalk and yeah. we have the colleges in Meath as well, all on our doorstep here. Absolutely. there, And there are wonderful courses in those colleges which are also linked into degrees and, and courses at uh, in the CAO system. OK, so that is an so option that's as well. Option. Must you fill out a CAO to go to those courses, the no, PLCs? No, no, no indeed. Um, it's uh, That's a separate direct option application system so they okay. go directly to the colleges Okay but every student just going back to the 55,000 plus that are doing it should fill in a CAO yes uh, has to they have to is it is it obligatory that you fill in a CAO If you would like to attend a college or a HEI higher education okay. institute at level 6, 7 or 8 um, and do a course at those levels then you need to apply You must fill the in CAO. the CAO yes. What about uh, when you're looking at this now uh, things like the minimum entry requirements there are restrictions as you know with certain courses as well and there may be an interview with some of them other things to take on board and make sure you know about uh, yep, absolutely. Um, the um, restricted courses, I guess, more imminently, um, they need to be applied for by the 1st of February. Other courses, you could actually wait until the last day in June to add them into your application if you decided to. But it's not a good idea to do that. But but some courses are restricted and they're the courses that require an interview, an audition, maybe a portfolio for an art course. Um, and they should be listed by the 1st of February. And those will, as I say, require those those types of assessments. But they won't be judged on the basis of leaving cert points. They'll still need those minimum entry requirements, though. And the minimum entry requirements are um, variable. They, they're different for each institute. And mm. that in itself is it's a bit of a degree for, for those who are looking to, to research them because it's, it's yeah, they're, they're different. They vary. Um, in Maynooth, we require Irish, English. Um, we don't always require a third language for some courses, but we do require maybe a science subject or maths for other. So it, it just, as I say, it, it's different for each, uh, each of the institutions. So to do the research on that is really key because... When it comes to making those offers, um, the CAO making those offers in August of next year, the, the the last thing they actually look to is the points that the applicant has achieved. The first thing they want they will check are those minimum requirements, and if they haven't actually got those requirements, then they won't even process on to see have they got the points. That's a very important point to make and take note of now at this stage of the process as well. That that is the first point of call. Yeah. Judith Caffrey is with me on late lunch, and we're looking ahead to the CAO application process, which opens on the fifth of November in just a few days' time. Now, here's a question I have for you, Judith. Um, you know the way students will be doing their calculations in uh, their heads I take now they do it on calculators and phones at this stage yeah. as to what points they may end up with they make a shot at this and think I, I think I'll get that amount of points should I take that into consideration or if I genuinely want to do something apply on that basis which points or preference always preference and the genuine preference is the way to go you it, it, always the advice is to list those courses and there are 20 choices on the CAO application and I don't see why anyone wouldn't use all 20 places um, to list those in a genuine order of preference. Of course, an applicant's CAO, if they're a Leaving Cert applicant, their point score will be something that will be in their mind for sure and that's what they're hearing in school. You know, you should go on, there's a, a calculator on the Qualifax website uh, which is a very good resource and they can figure out what they're going to achieve if they, you know, with their uh, projected um, grades. But, to know what the point score is, of course, to have that in the back of their mind. But if they are offered a course, which is their number one course um, 
choice on their CAO application next August and they suddenly decide, actually, I really want number two. I didn't expect to get those points, but I just put that course on because I thought I'll never get the points. Uh, And now you've been offered it. Everything else subsequent to that number one choice is deleted. Mm. So all number two to number 10 is gone and and so they'll only have that number one choice so for that reason um, we can all be surprised by what we we achieve and the best thing is to really as I say crystallise those um, those courses give it a good bit of thought and it's not an easy job to do Mm. it really isn't Mm. Um, but there are aptitude tests and all kinds of interest tests on again the likes of the Qualifax website or careers portal um, and those in themselves are good ways to try and figure out um, and then there are courses that will be listed that will be you know relevant to those particular aptitudes or interests that are, are demonstrated in those tests so um, yeah it, as I say list them in genuine order of preference. preference and do fill in you've recommended this to me before try and fill in all 20 go for the whole lot don't just pick one and two and restrict yourself like that go right down I would say that because um, there, we've had cases every August we would have lots of phone calls to the office of course but um, quite often it's uh, a case of I got the points but I didn't get the grade in maths and in fact the applicant may have listed eight of their ten courses with that particular grade being a requirement mm. so therefore they could, could be completely snookered if they have nothing at all um, that has got a variety of entry requirements. So that's why listing those courses in preference and also with a mind to the entry requirements that are required for them too. Okay, so let's talk about now what practically happens. I apply, I put in the 20, I go with all the advice that you've given us now and I send it off. I presume most people do this electronically today. There is a postal option, but look, yeah. I'd say they're few and far between. Anyway, I put it in. What should happen then? What should I get back? Yeah, the, an email. So the, the really important information, uh, well, all of the information is important in the application, but make sure that the um, date of birth is correct and the name on, that's going to be on the, uh, that's in the application will match up to your passport or your birth cert because that's what you will use when it comes to register in the following year in the university or the HEI. But anyhow, the email address also very important and one that you check. And I know myself, I have at least three different email addresses and make sure it's one that you would regularly check and when you get that automatic response from the CAO that if it goes into your spam or your junk that you make sure it goes into your inbox and all subsequent emails and I would say create a folder as well in your inbox that is just for the CAO because yes. um, it's just a good idea to keep all that information together. You'll also get something in the post and they send out a statement of application uh, record at the end of that initial closing period and um, so they're very good at sending out information by electronically and also in the post. Yeah. The CAO number. No need to emphasise this. You're going to get this confirmation back and this number's on. That number's crucial. Yeah, that's your number. So every year it's, it's either 1-8. So this year it was 1-8 and six further digits. Um, next year it'll be 1-9 and six digits. And uh, that's your number. You know your own password. You make sure you keep a, a record of that. Um, and that will then be your way into your my application, which is on the on the homepage of the CAO website. Yeah, and if you happen to be away and somebody needs to access something for you, that number, I know this, I've heard this story before. Before, it's right. crucial that you yeah, have that. because when it comes to the offers and acceptions period, um, that's actually reduced. It used to be a week now. It's gone down to a number of days in terms of, you know, when, when they can make their reply to those offers. And sometimes applicants are off in Ayanapa yes. on their holidays, you know, enjoying themselves, which they deserve. But they don't have a yeah. clue whether it's one eight, <laughs> one nine, or 20 at that stage. I know what you're saying. Here's the thing. Um, so I, it's in. I get my acknowledgement. I have my number. I've created the folder, as you said. I keep it there safely. A month's time, I decide, I look at it again, I revisit and I think, oh my God, I want to make a change here. 
Can I change it at any stage? How many changes can I make? And when does that option end? Yeah, uh, until the 1st of February, that is open for the applicants to go in and change their mind on their list of courses um, up until the 1st of February at 5.15. And then it will reopen again for change of mind um, from the start of May. So it's the 5th of May, I believe, um, until the 1st of July. So courses can be changed around and, and I myself every year would make an application to the CAO just so I'm you know conversant with how it all works and uh, yeah the anytime I want to go in and change my mind on my courses it's a bit of a job because it's not a simply a case of taking out number five and putting in something else in number five I have to go in and, and re-enter all of my courses in the in the order that I want to be offered those courses um, so it, yeah so you can change your mind as I say up until the 1st of February and um, but make sure that anything that would have a restricted uh, annotation in the CAO has book or in the on the website um, is included before the first of February, so that enables the colleges to get in touch with you and invite you to come to the co- to the to the campus for okay whatever the assessment yeah, is. and they will get in touch with you. They'll be in touch with you to say, yeah. "Come along, have a look at what oh, we are and what we do." Yes, exactly. Like our Bachelor of Music degree is restricted, um, the applicants uh, would apply by the first of February. Then they get a um, letter from us in the post and email to say, "Come to the campus for our uh, initial assessment, which is in March." And then subsequent to that, they may have an audition. So, yeah, it's just. just a case of um, of making sure that you open your emails and you read them and you read your letters. Very important. How much does this cost? Um, it's thirty euro until the twentieth of January. So um, the early application is uh, that the is the reduced fee of thirty euro, and it goes up to forty five then for the first of February. So if I were to wait until the twenty first of January, I'd be paying forty five euro. So just save yourself um, that fifteen and, and apply before the twentieth of January. Um, and then it is possible to make an application up until the first of May, but you pay sixty euro. So essentially, there's really no, no reason not you? to just um, to, to go online and make that application. Yeah. You don't actually have to list any courses, as I say, until the later change of mind period in May. Um, but it's a good idea just because it takes some, that weight off your mind that you have those courses in by the 1st of February and then you can forget about it until such time as, uh, as the CAO reopens. So just to reiterate again before we finish, it opens on the 5th of November, which is next week. You are saying to everybody today and get on their backs, these Leaving Cert students, get them in there and get this done and out of the way quickly. Then the next significant date is? Yeah, then the next, so that's the 1st of February um, is when that initial closing date yes. happens. And then again, it reopens in May for um, for those change of minds. And also just to say, anyone who might have a disability or come from a disadvantaged background who may have, be eligible for the HERE or the DARE scheme, that's for the Leaving Cert applicants. And they, they should indicate their intention to apply through those access routes by the 1st of February. So they should tick the box on their CAO application. And guidance counsellors and schools are full of the information with regards to to those applicants, but make sure to tick the box on those. And of course, the other very important day are the open days in Maynooth, which are at the end of November. (laughs) What date is that again? The 23rd and the 24th of November. And there are buses from Cavan and from from Monaghan. From all over the place. Check them out. You'll be able to get there. See you during the year. I can't believe we're away with this already. Judith Caffrey, admissions, information at schools, liaison officer at Manute University, as usual. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jerry. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie.
Paul Brady coming to Drogheda, the Crescent, this Sunday, the 28th of October. He's on the line with me. Paul, it's been a little while since you've been to Drogheda for a gig. It's been a long time since I've played in Drogheda. I think the last time maybe was with the, the Johnston's reunion, maybe. A couple of years ago, certainly now. And before that, oh, back in the folk days of the 70s, I think I, play, I played on the White Horse up there. But I'm not, I'm not a regular to Drogheda. Okay, not a regular, but can I say this? I saw you when I was a young man in the O'Reilly's GAA club for failing a bone when you played with Andy Irvine. Well, you would indeed now, and that's going back a bit. It is. <laughs> it certainly is, and you were in top form that time. It's still a legendary gig round these parts. And I saw you myself, actually, subsequently. You played, um, you know where the boxing was in Dublin, the arena there? Oh, yes, the National Stadium, yeah. The stadium. I saw you there as well a few moons ago. Well, yes, indeed. Well, I've just come off the road with Andy Irvin, actually. We've done a, a reunion where we did the Board Gosh Theatre in Dublin and the... Cork Opera House and then we went to London to the Barbican and ended up would you believe in Prague <laughs> My word isn't that a, a coincidence that I mentioned that gig all those years and here you are back together again lovely fellow Andy he's been with me as well on my show Yes well Andy's one of the best and uh, you know he's been a huge influence on me ever since I uh, came to Dublin in the in the 60s and started to play music Andy Irvin's music made me want to play music <laughs> Now, Drogheda and this gig in the Crescent this Sunday, the 28th, it's a brand new venue. Oh, Paul, I've been down at it. It's absolutely beautiful. Looking forward to coming here? Hugely so, absolutely, because I've heard the very same as you about it being a lovely venue. And I'm looking forward to uh, playing. We've just finished rehearsals today uh, with this lineup of Bill Shanley on electric guitars. Uh, Suzanne Savage on, on violin, back and vocals and percussion, and Steve Fletcher on keyboards and vocals. And uh, so that's, that's a, a new lineup uh, for me, and I'm very excited about it. And you're, of course, going to regale us with all the great Paul Brady songs. <laughs> well, I'm going to give a cross section from uh, the last 40 years, and uh, some of them people will be familiar with. and maybe some not so, but uh, I always like to, to, you know, to kind of divide my show between, I, I don't like to go out there and do a whole load of songs the audience are not familiar with, but at the same time I like to challenge myself and uh, throw in some stuff that is exciting me right now, so that's what it'll be like. Now, your classic songs, people love to hear them, and I'm delighted to hear you say that, uh, Paul, because a lot artists, some artists today go out and just give it all the new stuff, and it, it's a big disappointment to an audience. I, I don't, I mean that respectfully. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, an audience is there for an evening's music, and, and they have to be involved in it. And the only way that you can be involved fully with music is, is to be familiar with it. And I, I think it's not fair to an audience to, to deny them the songs that, that have meant so much to them over the years. And, and you know, they come to see the, the artists singing the songs, and he turns around and doesn't even do them. I mean, that's not fair to me. So I like to, to give a good cross-section of my work to people. Now, the island is an absolute classic. And people mentioned to me today, when you're talking to Paul Brady, will you say it? Well, will he sing it? We want to hear it. We want to hear it yet again. You know when you sing it, Paul, every time? And how many times have you sung it over the years? Right. Does it still mean as much to you? Well, it does. It does, in a way, because it's one of the songs I wrote that 
sort of, I wasn't quite sure where it came from, you know, I mean, uh, it's, you know, the music is, it's almost Latin American, it's almost like a slowed down tango, and my father and mother used to love the tango when I was a kid, you know, and they used to dance the tango, and my father loved uh, Latin American music, uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff in the, in the movies of the 40s and 50s that that, that you know, uh, was Latin American in style. And so that must have come through to me in some way. And so, I mean, it's nice when you write a song and you're kind of surprised by where it comes from. Um, and that was one of those songs. So uh, uh, that's why I like to, to play it, you know. Television, radio, your recording. What's it like, you know, on that stage, that th- thing you get and you've always got since you started, as strong as ever, that connection with a live audience? Yeah, it is. It's, it's like, uh, you know, something happens, you know, me uh, when I get on a stage and I become something else. You know, I mean, it's a sort of, <laughs> I call it the beast, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if you let yourself open, this thing comes into you and, and, it, and like you're, you're a totally different thing altogether for a couple of hours. And uh, <laughs> so I enjoy the feeling of, of being, you know, slightly larger than life for a while. And, and uh, it's wonderful to have an audience, if you like, complicit in, in that deal uh, that they sort of allow and somehow expect you to be a little bit larger than life for the time that they're, they're there. And, uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm lucky enough in that uh, he turns up much nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. Shall we know that? That's why it's going to be thrown there uh, this Sunday evening. You know that frisson between you and the audience. Some nights, surely, it's more electric than others in different places. Yeah, I mean, really the only thing that, that influences now uh, for the negative is if things on stage, uh, if, if things aren't, aren't going well, like with the sound on stage or something, which happens very rarely now, but another time you'll get in a situation where you can't quite hear what you want to hear, and, and suddenly <laughs> you're exposed as, as just Paul Brady, <laughs> uh, rather than sort of the person you were hoping to be when you got on stage. And that, sometimes that can make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. But fortunately, that doesn't happen to me. And I've, I've made a promise to myself over the last few years that uh, life is very short and it's, it's not cool to not enjoy a gig. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and as you mentioned earlier on there, new band, new lineup, the different arrangements keeps it fresh, keeps you moving. Yeah, certainly. There's a lot of uh, different uh, uh, touches to, to the f- even familiar songs in the last two or three days of rehearsal. And uh, so I think the audience will, will be in for a few pleasant surprises. And there is a very important point to make about Sunday as well. There's a brilliant warm-up act to get them in the mood before you come on. <laughs> well, my, my old friend Paddy, Paddy Goodwin and Victor McCullough, uh, who have, we have been con- co-conspirators in music over the last few years, and uh, uh, I'm very much uh, a fan of, of the way they get their music together, so I'm looking forward to... Uh, to having them uh, play with me on Sunday, yeah. 
Great stuff. Paul, can't wait. Welcome back to the Boyneside and Drahad. I'll remind listeners again, it's the brand new Crescent Theatre in the Trinity Quarter on uh, Drahada's north side this Sunday, the 28th of October. Paul Brady and his band, new crew, new arrangements, really a night not to be missed. Paul, it's great to catch you again. Thank you, Jerry. Enjoyed talking to you.
Yes, the brilliant Paul Brady there with one of his most well-known songs, The Island, appearing at the Crescent Theatre in Drogheda this Sunday, the 28th of October. That's a lot on Late Lunch for this Wednesday afternoon. Have a lovely evening and we'll be back with another two hours of chat with special guests tomorrow from half one. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.